Welcome to the Talented Learning Show podcast series, episode seven, with independent tech analyst John Lay. Today I interview Arlene Thomas, managing director of the CGMA Global Offerings at the AICPA, about best practices and lessons learned in modernizing their new financial professional certification programs. You can find more of our content at talentedlearning.com. Welcome back, everyone. On this podcast series, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. Today, we are lucky to have Arlene Thomas, who leads the development, production, and go-to-market strategy for the prestigious CGMA professional qualification and leadership programs at the Association of uh, International Certified Public, our professional accounting, excuse me. Welcome, Arlene. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, John. It's great to be here. All right. Great. Arlene, although I assume you are an ardent follower of Talented Learning content, but just in case we have new listeners, uh, just to frame it for everyone, we're fiercely independent learning analysts of the, the learning technology industry, and we have a laser focus on the segment of the market that specializes on the sale content certification to volunteer audiences and association and the corporate extended enterprise learning and we search all over the world for the best real-life examples and try to share it with everyone to drive the industry forward and to help everyone learn and uh, Arlene and reviewing uh, uh, your resume we see you have 26 years of experience here on the front lines of association learning and learning technology and driving the, the entire industry forward. And, and so I think maybe the best place to, to start is could you just tell us about yourself and your history and how you got to this point and we'll go from there. Sure. Thank you very much, Don. Um, as you mentioned, I'm a managing director at the um, association, and I am responsible for the CGMA professional qualification. And it came about because we understood and recognized that our members um, who worked in for businesses really needed the opportunity to become um, have new professional skills, especially given all of the changes that that are going on in the marketplace right now. And so, I'm just naturally a very curious person. And so in this role, um, I was able to see the opportunities in the marketplace, especially where businesses were investing in talent. And when they want to invest in people, I think that makes organizations just, you know, be more competitive. And since businesses are working in such a fast-paced environment, um, fueled primarily by the opportunities from technology, we are seeing a lot of businesses invest in their finance team and, and getting them new skills and competencies. And we saw a role for how the association could play in that space. Wow, wow. And so tell me about the, the, the CGMA uh, professional qualification. What does that mean? And how many people worldwide have that and and uh, you know what does that provide that maybe a better question is how is that changing the the need for that changing in in, in the, the the digital age right so so John we have about one hundred and fifty thousand CGMA holders around the world wow. um, all over all over the globe principally our largest markets are the United States and UK and Sri Lanka Wow. And and so what we are seeing all of, seeing what's going on in the finance function is that as technology is coming in and replacing what I'm gonna call the transactional type services, there's a need to retool and move people up the value chain. And I think companies with good strong finance teams understand that those teams provide insight based on strategy, data, and deep knowledge of the 
business. And so they want to invest in people because that is such a value-added space within an organization. And so this CMA is a professional qualification where individuals go through learning and assessment so they have the ability to learn competencies that are aligned with what businesses want today. They have the ability to demonstrate their knowledge to the assessment and then they're awarded the CGMA. So you're telling the world or, and telling your employer that you have competencies that are aligned with the competencies that the business needs to be successful. So it's that marrying of what the value that the business wants and that you as an individual can give. Um, and so it is, it is a great professional qualification for those who want to play in the finance space. Wow, outstanding, outstanding. And, and the competencies then, uh, you, you mentioned how they're aligned to business. Could you just expand a little bit on that? How, how are they derived or how often are they changed you know, to, to keep up with uh, the, the dynamic nature of the, the finance market? Well, John, it, it, exactly right now, we're actually going through a refresh of our competencies. And so we will have um, the, the new competencies into the marketplace in um, early 2000, 2019. Mm. We are going to move, John, to a continuous process. Wow. We believe that the marketplace is changing so fast, we are going to need to keep in touch with the marketplace and be able to change what you know some would call a syllabus. I would call a blueprint um, as the market changes. We just do not think we have the ability to sit back and do it every five to seven years anymore. And so the, the major changes that we are seeing in the marketplace are all around digital, all around digital strategy, um, all around just the impact that, that, that a digital strategy and the environment has on the finance function. So we will always continue to support what I'm going to call the fundamentals, which are around costing and financial reporting and understanding business, communication, leading and management of, leading and management of, of people. I think those are the core and the fundamental. Um, but we all have to embrace the way that technology and digitalization is impacting businesses. Wow, wow. And so then that second group of that, that, that evolving impact, then you're just going to continually roll that out and roll learning systems around that, I imagine, that tie the competencies into that acquisition and uh, bring it all together. That's, you know, I get to talk to uh, uh, professionals in a, in a lot of industries, and just that segment, what you just said right there is, it you know, puts you just right on the cutting edge here of of, of closing the skills gap uh, that that exists right now across all industries, but tying it so closely to you know what's ha actually happening out on the street. But they make all that happen. Uh, of course, you need some sort of uh, learning environment or, or you know learning system that keeps track of you know all of us and you know 150,000 people and all those professionals rather in all those different countries and different parts of their career and different competencies uh, sounds like there's a lot to manage can you tell us about your I guess your your infrastructure and how you're approaching the the ecosystem of learning to, to embrace all that with your learners big question yes and so it's, it's interesting you know we have to teach and help new individuals learn, right, as people are entering into a professional qualification. But we also have an obligation to retool the 150,000 that are already uh, in the marketplace, right, especially because of the dynamic change. And so, so we kind of have two infrastructures, if you will. One is focused on the, the professional qualification itself and helping those individuals acquire the skills for the first time. 
And we're very blessed that we have Extension Engine as our strategic partner um, that has helped us put together our learning platform and helped us stay abreast of what is going on in the learning profession itself from the technology perspective. Mm. You know, if you think about it, we kind of are the masters of content. They're the masters of the, the learning technology. And so we're, it's, it's a perfect partnership. Um, and then we also have um, a, a whole other team that is doing what we call promoting competencies globally. And so as, as we watch and understand how business is changing and the competencies is changing, we build the learning for, for the professional qualification. And then the second team pulls that same learning and pushes it in to um, our members who are already professional qualified so that they too stay up to speed. Um, and we do have, you know, annual requirements on what they need to be doing in their, in their professional development because people have to remain invested in their careers throughout their entire career. You don't just invest in your career day one and then stop. The world is changing, especially in accounting, too fast for that. Not only does your employer have to invest in you, but you need to invest in you. You just can't sit on your laurels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's what makes it an exciting time just for, you know, from my perch of uh, what's going on in the world from a learning technology perspective because that lifelong learning is mandatory from both of the individual and your uh, your, your corporation. It, it's really what's driving a lot of the, the innovation in, in learning technology and systems, uh, which is making it exciting. Can you tell, you started from the beginning here, and I understand that you built the business case. You know, Believe it or not, a lot of your peers uh, that that aren't uh, so far along here get stuck right at that first step. You know, every time of you know how to frame this. How do you how, how did you take that conceptual of like the industry changing and and the uh, you know the dynamic nature of technology? How, how did you turn that into numbers that were you know worth the investment that, that you could make the business case uh, uh, to invest in a learning platform for these uh, the new individuals to learn. Well, it, it, it may be a simple answer, but we used what, I, what is known in the environment or the industry as product management. And once you do, not, sorry, product management, not project, I apologize, product management. And that is a discipline that's very well known in the corporate world, where you go and you set your business strategy, and then you take a ton of time and a ton of research ton of dollars that you need to do your research so you get aligned with your customer. John, I have seen so many organizations time and time again have a great idea and think that the market wants it. And they just, they go out and build it. And you can't do that anymore. You really have to, you can have a great idea, but you have to go to and do enough, a lot of research so that you know you are designing a product that's going to meet the needs of the market, that the market wants, not that you just think they want, but that they want. And so we used classic product management to build our business case that allowed us to do our research, design a product based upon that strategy and that research, and position it in the marketplace. Wow. Wow. That is great. That is great. And, and I understand that your research perhaps led you to the the, the, the spot or the perspective that learner-centric experience is what your learners wanted. Is that correct? Is, is that a fair? Well, 
Exactly. And so we, we were working with a, a UK-based UK based organization that was, that was very um, entrenched, if I could use that word respectfully, in um, tuition, a tuition-based where you have an individual or instructor-led, I think would be the more likely terminology we, we would use here. But what we learned when we did our research is that did not play in the United States. What, what we want, what our potential customers wanted was a learning process that was very effective and very efficient and very engaging. So in other words, as I as an individual want to learn what is relevant to me when I want it. I often say that learning is a participatory sport. And so you have to be engaged. And so you you so what we do basically is share the fundamentals with the with the candidates, but then we immediately go into scenario application. And we also provide them a safe place for the candidate to apply their learning. So you let the people try, let them fail, and then let them learn some more. Because I will tell you that I think my greatest learning experiences probably came from when I failed. And so why not bring that into learning? Why not not create a safe place where somebody can, you know, it can surface that they don't know something as well as they should be. Let them fail. Let them learn. And, and that's what we learned from our, our research uh, from the marketplace, that they wanted that effective learning. And I just happen to believe that giving people that, that active learning, that, that place to try and fail, is how you have your most efficient learning experience. Wow, wow, that's that is uh, innovative to, to say the least. And I, I, you know, look back at my own life, and, and certainly when I failed and sat around moping in my misery till I got over it, you know, some of the best introspection ever. Uh, where I, yeah. when I win, I just gleefully go on on on, uh, you know, how great the win was. So it's hardly uh, yeah. <laughs> introspective at all, for sure. So tell. Yeah. So tell me, how do you do that? that? You know, that's not something that most people or anybody or well, just a few, I would imagine, are building into their content. Scenario-based education is cutting edge, to, I think, to, to begin with, to, to really do that well. But to bring in the, the failure aspects, tell me about that. What, what, what's a safe environment mean, and what, is, what does failing look like? like tell us a story. So, so what, what, it, what it can look like is that I may be in a position where I'm, I need to apply a, a certain competency. And so the, the technology that we built, you know, brainstorming with Extension Engine, as an example, would allow us to, that I can, let's say I have five different um, um, situations that I'm trying to, to, to address and that I want to put them in a two-by-two. Two. And so I can be dragging and dropping and if I get an answer, oh, let's say partially right. In other words, in, in some circumstance, that could be the right answer. But by the way, it's not the best answer. The, the technology surfaces up for you that says, okay, your selection is good because of this following re the following reasons. But by the way, there's something better. And have you thought about X, Y, and Z? And so it gives you an opportunity to say, okay, I didn't quite get that right. Let me try again, and and then through that process of, of trial and error, you are actually learning. Wow, wow, that's great, that's great. That must be uh, pretty exciting for your lifelong learners, or just your learners, or, you know, in, in in general to to get at it and get at it effectively. I guess ultimately, ultimately from their perspective, it, it it's to learn this information, of course, but it's it, it's to 
to achieve the designation is would that be the primary goal you know from from their standpoint well yes that's exactly the goal the goal is that the designation represents that i have those competencies in my personal tool right because mm -hmm. that's what and that to me then means that i have a different level of employability mm -hmm. and because that's at the end of the day what this is about is employability it is the fact that i have skills and competencies that are demanded by the marketplace so therefore my my career can have a different trajectory than it than it would had without those skills and competencies. It, wow. It's a simple it's a simple situation, John. We're just trying to help people have better lives because they are educated and have better skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it really is pretty binary. So uh, you have all the tools, you know. So I study the learning market. Uh, there's I don't know roughly by some calculations up to a thousand, by our verifiable calculations, uh, close to 700 or so different types of learning technology uh, solutions out there for you know all types uh, designed to do all different things. I'm just dying with curiosity on, you know, why you, how you uh, evolved to the point to, to want to use a, a custom approach to engage your uh, your learners and, and your ecosystem versus, you know, one of the 700 perhaps off-the-shelf products. So go back to our passion about knowing about the customer, which is the, what the research that we did day one. And so what we learned was that businesses and specifically finance teams are really poised to add value to business. Um, you know, finance teams are not cost centers anymore. They are value add. And so when we talk to CFOs and talk to controllers, they demand people that have higher order skills. They want people who can think, are curious, understand their business, uh, have a seat at the table, part of solutions, and are great communicators. And so we had to find a learning and assessment platform that really got to higher, higher order skills. And, and a high-end online learning system allowed us to do that. I think the other thing that was really, I know, let me say, I don't think, I know one of the other things that was really important is um, that the ROI that our customers see and experience from putting their people through the program. So if, if one, of the, one of the most kind of compelling conversations I had with one of our customers, he's a controller of a very well-known brand, and he was talking to me about the ROI that he receives from the individuals that are going through the CGMA program. He, what was interesting to me is he constantly is evaluating that ROI. And as, as his individuals, his employees even progress through the learning. So his investment is not about the dollars that he is paying to purchase access to our learning. His investment is around the team members not being at their desk when they're out getting their training and whatnot. And so his, he has a very high uh, value for the positive ROI he gets from CGMA because he is seen as they, you know, maybe in the evening or maybe during their lunch hour are doing some work on a particular module, that they're applying that, that knowledge the next day or the day after it in their job. Wow. And so he, he's ROI from the day one. And that's what matters to me is I want our ultimate customers, the employers, the CFOs, the controllers, to see that ROI from the day one. And so, therefore, we were willing to invest in a high-end solution. Wow. You're changing the world one module at a time. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. That's fantastic. So, 
to continue on from that technology standpoint, what do learners want in terms of the size or, uh, I don't know, the, the gamified uh, nature of, of, of content? Was that important in your research? Did you see that? Or is that only important if yeah. it helps them learn quicker, more efficiently? John, it's what you said last. They just want efficiency. So they want the competencies into their personal toolkit as efficient as they can get it. And if, if doing it through gamification is the way, that's fine. But gamification for gamification's sake doesn't sell anything. Um, and so, you know, we were very selective on when we used it, and we used it only when it helped somebody learn. Mm -hmm. More efficiently. Mm -hmm. And how about social? Uh, does that help them learn more efficiently in your research? Well, uh, what we're what we're hearing once again, this is why I have such tremendous respect for Extension Engine because they keep us apprised of what's going on in the learning field. And yes, social networking is a big part of that. Um, when we launched, um, we do not have social networking in, but we are we have it part of our. 2018 product roadmap um, because yes we think the individuals and, and our targeted audience John is about 22 to 35 in age mm -hmm. and so you know we're starting to see the Gen Zers come in and you know they're they are um, have different characteristics and even though they want to be engaged they want to have they want to control the engagement, let me put it that way. So we truly believe that they will want to be engaged in networking through social, um, but that will be a, a 2018 task for us. Mm -hmm. And how about, uh, how about video? Uh, does that rise to the top of their, uh, uh, of their request list, or once again, only if that's the best way? No, I, I, think, I think video is... It, is high on our list as well for 2018. It more from an emotional perspective, and I know this may sound crazy, but it is energizing to see videos of individuals who have have a good story to tell and and or have been emotive, been uh, successful. And so uh, we don't see the need for video for video's sake, but we see the need for video video to give me. Uh, encouragement to, to continue to progress, um, give me that vision of what I can be if I continue through a program. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's interesting, uh, and I enjoy the fact that people are being selective and saying, yeah, I, I want to see video that energizes me and motivates me, not just to watch a talking head. Wow. Well, wow. fascinating conversation. We're at the end of it already. I can't believe it went so fast. So last, last question, uh, Arlie, what's, your, what's the best advice that you could give for your other, your peers and sister organizations in every conceivable industry, finance and outside of finance, about, uh, you know, approaching uh, their learning base and their certification and making it relevant in, in uh, today's market where probably all of their certifications, just like yours, have, you know, competitive pressure from different types of competing organizations around the world. What's your, what's your best advice in a nutshell? I, I would say stay close to your customer. I, I think we have a tendency to want to believe we're experts in everything, and so therefore I should be able to tell you what to do. I think we need to shift our mindset and stay close to our customers because their business objectives are shifting very fast 
and we need to stay so close to them that we can almost anticipate those shifts before they do. That is what will bring us success. I think sitting back and saying that I'm an expert and know it all, I think those days are gone. So I would say be close, stay close to your customer. Wow. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, sage advice from Arlene Thomas, Managing Director Americas, the CGMA Global Offerings at the AICPA. Uh, thanks so much, Arlene, for your time and wisdom. I'm sure everybody's going to get a lot out of it because I know I did. Thank you very much, John. Welcome. Have a great day, everyone. You can find more of our content at talenttolearning.com.